From the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery, I'm Josh Young, and this is As Seen From Here. In today's podcast, heads up. You know, we're only just beginning to understand the importance of supine intraocular pressure increases, but it has been suggested previously that this may play a role in the progression of glaucoma. First this. As seen from here reaches ophthalmologists in 98 countries, transfers more than half a terabit of podcasts every month, but the potential audience is much larger. Please tell your colleagues about this free resource, Flattening the Ophthalmic World. And while you're at it, let your residents and fellows know about Open Ophthalmology, a free basic science video podcast, already a force in ophthalmic education with 1,800 viewers watching 6,000 video lectures every month. Information wants to be free. Help me give it away. I ask my glaucoma patients, especially those with apparent normal tension glaucoma, if they engage in inversion exercise or extended headstands. I do this because I know that episcleral venous pressure becomes elevated in a head-down position and that this in turn raises intraocular pressure. However, Very few of my patients report these sorts of activities, and most just look at me queerly when I ask. But there is an activity in which all of my patients engage, and truth be told, I do too. It's called sleep. And although we don't sleep in a head-down position, our heads are a lot less up than they are during the day. Does that matter? Well, it turns out, why don't I let Avon Baez explain? Avon Baez, welcome to a scene from here. Prior to your study, what did we know about position and intraocular pressure? Well, it had been previously reported that intraocular pressure increases when lying flat by as much as 6 millimeters mercury in both normal people and in glaucoma patients. Why should position have any influence on intraocular pressure? Well, although the exact mechanism for postural response of intraocular pressure remains unknown, um, it has been suggested that Possibly it could be due to elevated episcleral venous pressure. We know that intraocular pressure is determined by the rate of aqueous production, the facility of outflow, and episcleral venous pressure. So as your head assumes a more dependent position, episcleral venous pressure rises, and that might cause intraocular pressure rise. Another suggestion has been an increase in choroidal blood volume. What question did your study seek to answer? Well, we know that intraocular pressure increases when we're lying flat. So we wanted to see if a person would sleep with their head 30 degrees elevated, if that could blunt the postural intraocular pressure response. What were your findings? So what we found is um, that we took a group of people who we called them controlled because they had intraocular pressures that were in their teens, but they presented with a new disc hemorrhage. They were controlled in terms of their pressure, but a disc hemorrhage is a sign of possible progression. We asked these patients to spend two nights in a sleep lab, and they arrived at 6 in the evening and stayed there till 8 in the morning. From 6 to 10 o'clock at night, they just assumed their normal indoor activities, and at 10 p.m., they were encouraged to go to sleep. The first night, they slept in a flat position, and then the second night, they slept with their head 30 degrees elevated. And during this time, they had their intraocular pressure and blood pressure measured every two hours. 
So again, the measurements that were made at 6 p.m., 8 p.m., 10 p.m., and 8 a.m. were all done in the sitting position. However, the measurements at midnight, 2, 4, and 6 a.m. were done in the lying position, one night flat, and the second night their head 30 degrees elevated. And what we found is when we looked at the intraocular pressure, there was no difference in the two nights during the awake period. However, during the sleep period, there was a significant reduction in intraocular pressure in the 30-degree head-up position, with the average IOP being 3.2 millimeters lower, and this was statistically significant. In fact, overall, 16 of the 17 patients had a lower intraocular pressure in the 30-degree head-up position, and the magnitude was at least 20% or more in one-third of the subjects. How important is the postural influence on intraocular pressure clinically? You know, we're only just beginning to understand the importance of supine intraocular pressure increases, but it has been suggested previously that this may play a role in the progression of glaucoma. In the context of glaucoma, how important is nocturnal intraocular pressure? Well, again, we don't know for sure, but we certainly spend a significant portion of our lives sleeping So I have no doubt that nocturnal intraocular pressure plays a role in in glaucoma. And this is an area of great research interest, which I hope will ultimately translate into furthering our understanding of the pathogenesis of glaucoma and perhaps even suggesting novel ideas for treatment. Do you now recommend head elevation for your glaucoma patients? Well, I think this study might be a little bit premature to draw that conclusion. We really need a lot more studies to determine if sleeping with your head elevated will help to prevent progression of glaucoma. However, I think all of us can recall patients who progress despite low office intraocular pressures, and I think this could be a consideration in this group of patients. Avana, I'm going to sort of hold your feet to the fire here. Let's say that next week someone comes in, a patient whom you've been satisfied with intraocular pressure control, but the patient comes in with a disc hemorrhage. At this point, with the information that you've gathered this far, would you recommend that that patient sleep with the head of the bed elevated? You know, in this cohort of patients, we have suggested it to some of them who showed a significant effect with sleeping with their head up. But again, there's a lot of other things that are going on, not just intraocular pressure that changes with posture. Another important consideration is intracranial pressure. And we know that uh, we suspect that some of glaucoma damage is due to translaminar pressure gradients. So I still think this area needs a lot of study before recommending to everyone to sleep with your head up. Avan, thank you so much. Okay, you're welcome. My pleasure. Avon Bais is Associate Professor in the Department of Ophthalmology and Vision Sciences at the University of Toronto in Toronto, Canada. Her paper, Effect of Sleeping in a Head-Up Position on Intraocular Pressure in Patients with Glaucoma, is in press in ophthalmology. Ask questions of Dr. Bais or any of our previous guests, or make a comment about any of the topics we've discussed. These interviews are meant to be the start of a conversation in which you participate. Write to me with your questions or comments at jyoungmd at gmail.com. As Seen From Here is a production of the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery. Be a part of the next podcast. I'm...
Josh Young.